Good morning. It's time to wake up, y'all. You're listening to the Armchair Quarterback Show. We're here weekdays, 8 a.m. Eastern, 7 Central to 10 a.m. Eastern, 9 Central. Available on Google Android, Apple iPhone, Facebook Live, and Periscope Twitter. Tap that Armchair Quarterback's app. Take us anywhere you go. The Armchair Quarterback Show, your first choice for Southern Sports Talk. Hi, I'm Mac McGinn. I don't know much, but I know one thing. It's a football Friday. Tony Agalini is here with us, and we're going to sort out the mess that is what the Pac-12 is going to add games when they don't have any bye weeks. What the hell are they talking about? Well, we are the armchair quarterbacks. Keep it locked in here to CBS Sports Radio. Ten years ago, a crack commando unit was sent to prison by a military court for a crime they didn't commit. These men promptly escaped from maximum security stockade. Today, still wanted by the government, they survive as soldiers of fortune. If you have a problem, if no one else can help, and if you can find them, maybe you can hire... Armchair. Community Access Channel. He's the armchair quarterback. He's full of beer and he's full of snacks. Hey, howdy, hi, top of the morning to you. Welcome to the Armchair Quarterback Radio Show. I'm Mac McGee sitting alongside Mr. Tony Agalini. Tony, how the hell are you today, sir? Doing great, man. How are you? I'm doing good. Uh, People want to know where Justin is. He got called into work extremely early. This is a really uh, busy time for him uh, at work. He's going to try to call in sometime this hour, but he said it was going to be really, really difficult. So we'll move along from that. Um, Did you? Did you catch much of the game last night, or did it interest you? Um, I caught some of the NFL game. I caught the end of the uh, Tulsa-Tulane game, which was actually uh, pretty ridiculous. Um, but, uh, yeah, I, I, I caught a little bit of it, but not enough to really um, you know, go nuts with an opinion. Well, now the Tulane game, throw that at me, because I did not catch that. I was watching the uh, National Football League. What, what happened? Yeah, so I, is- saw, I saw it was within a touchdown with about five or six minutes to go, and then I had to head to the bedroom, and so I had to pick a TV, you, you know, pick a, a, a TV. Yeah, I, I watched basically the, the fourth quarter, and uh, Tulane, I think, was up 14 nothing the whole game, and um, two, Tulane uh, tied it late, and um, or I'm sorry, uh, Tulsa tied it late, Tulane scored another touchdown, and um, Tulsa is like converting third and fourth downs at will, and then they hit like a 37-yard pass as time ran out uh, to tie it. Uh, and then that's kind of when, when I went to sleep and woke up this morning, and uh, Tulsa had a, a pick six in overtime to uh, seal the game. So um, it's, I mean, Tulsa's ranked is, you know, they're they're okay. They're ranked because there's so many teams that either haven't played enough games or, or whatnot. But um, you know, now all of a sudden now they've, uh, you know, they beat UCF a few weeks ago and uh, I think they've got uh, another, I think they beat Memphis maybe, but these were all like big comeback wins. They were all, they were all down by, by two touchdowns, I think in each of those. So um, now that I'm a Tulsa expert, um, you know, it's, it's even a bigger asset for you to have me on the show. Go Golden Hurricanes, which always felt like, sound like something uh, that could be deemed as a possibly a fetish. Are you? Are you into Golden Hurricanes or not? You know, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Taking, taking the other one to another level. And it's I mean, does that have to be a Golden Hurricane? <laughs> yeah. I, don't, I, don't, I don't know if I want that coming at that much at me at once. Um, the Seattle game, real quick. I'll just recap it. Uh, Arizona had a chance to win it at the end. They didn't get it done. I felt like that they did a really bad job of clock management at the very on that final drive. Uh, once again, and I'll tell you what, the penalties killed Arizona last night. 
that is a very talented team with no crowd noise whatsoever in a stadium. You should not have, I think it was five or six false starts last night. Yeah. And I felt like I was watching a Willie Taggart coach Florida State team, except with a whole hell of a lot more talent, right? And I was like, man, this is, I mean, it was absurd. And they, they got a lot of holding calls as well and whatnot, but the false starts for professional football teams, it's absurd. And they missed. The, the referees, to my count, missed four false starts last night, three on Arizona, one on Seattle. I don't know how you miss a false start in the National Football League, especially when there's no crowd to even get you sidetracked, but you're looking right at the line, and you see the guy falling right. back and flailing, and, and about a half second later, the, later the ball snap. So Arizona loses that game. That puts uh, Russell Wilson and company back in the driver's seat, and they said on post game last night, Pete Carroll said, the only one that really matters, right? That Chris Carson will be back for week 12, which is huge, not only for the Seattle Seahawks, but for anyone involved with that in fantasy football reasons. They've been holding on, you know, taping together a bunch of junk while, while, while we try to get into the playoffs. If you have Chris Carson, you're going to be happy to see him going into the fantasy football playoffs, which start in week 14, so you only have a couple weeks uh, to use them now. Um, other than that, let's let's talk this ridiculous Pac-12 thing that came out yesterday that said that they were going to allow them to play. Um, okay, they're going to allow them to add non-conference games. So my question is, why the hell did it take so long? Because now we're sitting in week three or four of Pac-12, and we're almost in December. And people who get excited thinking this is going to be something great, there are no bye weeks for the Pac-12. So the only way this happens, there was two main stipulations. First of all, it's obviously going to have to be a cancellation, a quick cancellation on the fly. And then the other thing would be it has to be played in the home stadium of a Pac-12 team, and they have to get television rights. There's one main team that jumps out at you that is trying to get at least one more game scheduled, they play North North Alabama this weekend, BYU. Then they have two weeks off until their finale against San Diego State. They also do not play on December 19th as well. So in theory, BYU could add two to three games, but you have to have cancellations for that to happen. And if you're BYU, what do you do? Do you just sit around and be prepared, ready to play football? And if someone, um, you know, comes at you with they said by Thursday to play on Saturday how do you put a game plan together for that what say you yeah it's uh it is interesting with all the stipulations and stuff and I guess you know what's is is Wednesday you know the last day where you have to kind of find out you know who what games canceled and they have shown some flexibility I mean we had a Sunday Sunday game at noon last week with um UCLA and uh, was that Cal? I think um, they played Sunday afternoon with with probably nobody watching. But um, yeah, I mean it's good for good for BYU if they can get a couple of these games scheduled. And, and the first team everybody looks at is probably Utah uh, to get the uh, the Holy War game in this year. Um, but uh, yeah, I mean it's it's funny you know Utah and being or I'm sorry BYU being independent, they've kind of had to piece their schedule. 
Whereas like Notre Dame had some help, the, the ACC let them in gladly and, and had them play a full ACC slate instead of just a partial one. And I think um, if, if things had worked out and the Pac-10 had uh, you know gotten their stuff together a month or two earlier, maybe they would have allowed BYU to kind of do the same thing because BYU just basically took, you know, any team that would line up against them, including America's Sweetheart, UT San Antonio. So, um, but yeah, good for BYU. Maybe they can get a couple uh, big name games uh, in, or at least like opponents that people have heard of. And uh, if BYU can survive those games, who knows? Maybe they'll sneak into the playoffs. I would like to see the the. And what's what's frustrating is they give this news and Colorado says no, we don't we don't want to play. Colorado's game is is canceled this weekend because of the election infection. And I'm like, what? So we come up with this big news, but Colorado says no, 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 no. We have no desire to play football. So yeah. why, because Colorado doesn't want to get their ass kicked by BYU uh, down the road, but I, BYU wouldn't even be able to play this week. They Colorado could have lined anything up. You know, you're only going to play what seven games, and the and the reluctancy for a Pac-12 team to not want to jump out there and play somebody. Colorado's not going to win, going to get the playoffs. So losing the game this Saturday wouldn't hurt them, right? It just gives the fans right. something to watch, get, gets them excited. I, the whole thing dumbfounds me. Let's right. go ahead and the, take the kids. The kids work hard. Let them play a game. I mean, it's they wait all year long, and then. They just get this rip from them, right? And then it doesn't seem like that the administration is doing their due diligence to go out and say, okay, well, we'll try to get you a game this weekend, even if it was against a bozo, right? You know, right. At, le at least it's something for the fans to watch, something for the kids to go out there and, and uh, play. It's just like, it's just, oh, my. Um, get out and vote, guys. <laughs> That's all I can tell you, man. Just get out and vote. Uh, get out and vote every election, not not just once every you know forty years when you decide to get up off your ass and actually get out there and vote and change your community. Let's take a quick break. When we come back, we're going to talk the Southeastern Conference and big games around the country. We'll be back in a flash here on the Armchair Quarterbacks. At Shell, we know from the time you get up to the time you wrap up. Good night. There's a lot of meetups, eatups, and hurry ups. So come to Shell and get three things done at once. Fill up with Shell V Power Nitro Plus to help keep your engine running like new. Save up with the Fuel Rewards program and never pay full price for gas again. And snack up with in-store rewards to save even more at the pump. Make the most of the stop you need to make with Shell. And engines that continuously use Shell V Power Nitro Plus Premium Gas. And see full terms and conditions at fuelrewards.com. It's important to remember the value of taking time for ourselves to do the things that help us grow and explore, like learning something new. And now with the Great Courses Plus, it's never been easier to experience the joys of learning. The Great Courses Plus offers thousands of streaming videos that cover hundreds of fascinating topics, from World War II to choosing the perfect wine. You can even take a course on the U.S. government or dealing with stress and anxiety. And because The Great Courses Plus partners with world-class professors and experts, you're always receiving thoroughly vetted, high-quality content from every lecture. Plus, you can watch or listen anytime, anywhere with The Great Courses Plus app. So take a little time for you. Sign up for The Great Courses Plus today for a free month of unlimited access. Visit thegreatcoursesplus.com slash radio to get started. That's the Great coursesplus.com slash radio you're listening to the armchair quarterbacks on cbs sports radio
welcome back here to the Armchair Quarterbacks. CBS Sports Radio, the Armchair Quarterbacks app, and Facebook Live. You can find us on Facebook Live, Armchair Quarterbacks Wake Up Show. Tony Aguilini, Mac McGee here with you on a Friday morning. As uh, you know, it's even though you don't have a lot of marquee matchups, I think it's a pretty good slate of college football this weekend, don't you, Tony? Yeah, I agree. And it's it's funny, you know, we're obviously all thankful that they're they're actually playing football this season, but. Um, to me, as long as there's like a decent game or two at each time slot, that's all I'm really asking for. Just like, don't give me if you're like from three thirty to seven, and there's, you know, Army versus Northern, you know, Missouri or something like that. Like, just give me a one or two games at every time slot. I'm I'm content. I agree. Uh, I'd like to see, um, I'd like to see a couple upsets or whatnot. But regardless, we've got some good matchups. Unfortunately. We've got some matchups that would be bigger in in other uh, instances, but the way it's played out this year, uh, not as much. I would have liked that Oklahoma State Oklahoma game to be a, l- a little more mean, a little more right. Both of them right. either be undefeated or one undefeated, one with one loss. I'm a little dumbfounded that that's the the Saturday night game that we get. I would have much rather seen Indiana versus Ohio State. I don't really get why why they push that to noon on on Saturday and in the Oklahoma, uh, what do they call that? The, that's not bedlam. The, bedlam. That's right. Bedlam. Why we're getting bedlam on, on Saturday night and we could have Indiana, Indiana never is in a prime time situation. Right. They, sh- they really dropped the ball. Not, not putting, uh, Indiana there. Now, I don't know if that's because Fox had the rights to that game, but they, I, I just felt like that the American public got screwed by that. And then the three thirty game for the, Big Ten is uh, it's the it was I think they actually bumped it to four o'clock, but it's the Wisconsin Northwestern showdown. Yeah, could could we not have made that four o'clock uh, noon and made the Ohio State game at least the three thirty four o'clock game? I mean, really? Because I think we all know what's going to happen with Wisconsin. They're going to mash the hell out of northwestern after last gonna, week i'm i'm done picking against wisconsin after after last week wisconsin is going to go in and put about nine tight ends on the line and push northwestern who has about the you know their defensive line is about the same weight as like acrobats and they're just going to push them all over the field and the, the cloud of dust win a convincing like 28 to nothing snore fest that is just going to be like okay you know that was cute Northwestern, but why the hell did it, why why is that in the middle of the afternoon? That's all. That's all I'm getting at. I'm not hanging on Northwestern individually. Don't get mad at me if you're a Northwestern graduate. I get it. It's a big game for you. But I hate to tell you, spoiler alert: as big a game as you think it might be, it's going to be an ass whipping, and yeah. we're we're going to be stuck watching that at three thirty. Put that on at noon when we're you know you're not quite focused on what's going on. This show does have a heavy Northwestern alumni uh, listening base. So. Yes, it does. Uh, I know for a mad. fact that uh, Michael Wilbon and uh, Greeny from ESPN are huge sure. armchair quarterback followers. Uh, they cannot get enough of our show. I do think that the 330 slot, I think the most entertaining game might end up being uh, UCF and Cincinnati. I think so, too. I think that's the game that I'm actually going to be locked in on is that one because – if Cincinnati gets past them, they're they're a real, you know, as your boy likes to say, a fly in the ointment. Because oh if they win, 
they start making a serious case for why not us. Even a stronger case than BYU. I think BYU is the better football team, but Cincinnati would probably have a stronger case. Not not BYU's fault, but the facts are BYU has not played a very impressive slate, and unless they get lucky and Southern Cal gets a last-minute uh, cancellation that, that gets them. I would love to see Southern Cal and BYU play. My God, that would be great. But I don't think that the, that the uh, football gods are on our side this year. Yeah, I saw uh, somebody said the other day that you know BYU won the national title in 84, and uh, there's another team about an hour and 20 minutes away that, that might have had a shot at that national title too, but we're too busy on probation. But um, BYU won it basically playing nobody, and the quarterback was Robbie Bosco, and somebody said even Robbie Bosco thinks this BYU schedule this year is cake. So, um, But, yeah, I'm with you. I'd like to see him play Southern Cal or even like a UCLA or, or you know, of course, Oregon. Um, and, oh, in '84 when BYU won it, that was the biggest junk I've ever seen because yeah, the orange the, the Orange Bowl winner was the freaking best team in the country. Was yeah, it, and they, it was Washington. BYU beat a crappy Michigan team in the yeah, Hollywood and had to Bowl. come from behind. They had to come from behind. Yeah. It was like a fourth quarter rally against a six and five Michigan team. Yeah, it was Washington versus Oklahoma in the Orange Bowl that year, wasn't it? Uh, that sounds right. I just remember. Um, I just remember Robbie Bosco being the quarterback. I thought that was a cool name to say when I was when I was a kid. But yeah, that was. Did you uh, think it had something to do with the uh, chocolate drink or something? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'll have two Robbie Boscos, and uh, we'll we'll call it a night. So, um, but yeah, I mean, you know, the uh, the SEC slate I think is it's not bad. I would have liked to see Texas A and M and Ole Miss play um, as a. As a as a Florida fan, I, I wouldn't mind seeing A and M drop a game just to kind of feel a little bit safer um, with with that. But uh, in another game where you know Ole Miss could probably put up big numbers, and that final score would have probably had both teams in the fifties or so, um, since no one can seem to stop Ole Miss except for Arkansas or themselves. And I uh, wanted to see what what Mon can do uh, in a giant track meet like that. Um, but yeah, I mean, you know, the other games, uh, Arkansas, LSU, I, I keep an eye on Arkansas, LSU. There's kind of some rumors going around that, uh, both schools might have enough COVID issues to ultimately get that game, uh, maybe postponed. So we'll see. I think that'll be like three or four postponements. It seems like for LSU. So, so who knows with them and they've got a bigger off the field story going on this week, which is probably a topic for another show, but, um, so we'll, we'll see how that shakes out, but that's going to take a year or two to, to resolve itself. Well, they uh, we might be able to hit that up tomorrow morning. Uh, let's put a pin in that and and uh, talk about that tomorrow morning. Uh, by the way, programming note: we 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 will have a Dixie Football Nation tomorrow. We will not have a Thanksgiving weekend as uh, we won't be here Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday for uh, Thanksgiving weekend, giving everyone a chance to uh, kind of you know not burn out. Look, it, someone asked me, you're not going to do it during the Iron Bowl. Look, man, the the fact of the matter is, if Florida State and Florida were playing, I would get up and do a Saturday morning kickoff show. But they're not playing this year, and it's just not worth getting up to do this when it's just a, it's, it's it's another reminder that even though Florida would have kicked the crap out of Florida State, I still would have looked forward to that game. You know, because you always have in the back of your mind, you never know, man, you never know. You know, <laughs> I'm not sitting here like Tennessee fans. Like I, I don't, I don't know where Justin is if he's listening right now. Where 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 he's convinced that Tennessee's going to pull off this upset against Florida. You know, I I know in my heart of hearts we dodged a damn bullet this year. Um, but 
you know, regardless, it's really not that interesting of a college football weekend. There's a few games, but we'll we'll get all that crap in by by Wednesday. I don't I don't know if you'll be able to stop in and say hi either uh, Monday, Tuesday, or Wednesday. But just let me know if you'll yeah. be able to do that next week. Um, I'll make something happen. Um, other games that you're big on this weekend. I mean, obviously, we can do Florida Vanderbilt tomorrow. Obviously, that's going to be a just a that's going <laughs> to. You think Northwestern's about to get pushed around like a bunch of gymnasts on the on the field, man? Yeah. Florida's going to smoke. They're thirty-one and a half point favorites, and I don't think that's enough. Unless uh, I was going to say, even even I think we're we're probably rolling on Saturday and, and fifty and at so least. We're, we're usually like this. We would usually make this trip. Um, we we called it a day a couple months ago. We were going to go to Ole Miss, and then we couldn't do that. So then we we're going to go to Nashville and. and Ultimately, you can still go to Nashville, but there's going to be less than a thousand people at this game. And um, I was told that UF actually had to kind of beg Vanderbilt to let players' families attend. And this will be actually the biggest crowd Vanderbilt's had in their home stadium uh, since all of this started. And it's going to be less than a uh, thousand people. There'll be some Vanderbilt grad students, I guess, are allowed to go. Um, their players' families, and then um, most, if not all, of Florida's players' families that were interested in making the trip. So I think this one's unique for us because we haven't played a game in front of you know that small of a crowd yet everywhere we've been it's been at least fifteen thousand or so so you kind of have to create your own juice it's 11 o'clock in the morning everybody will be coming from pockets or that marriott uh next to the stadium and uh you know just kind of watch the game and and go back downtown i guess but you used to um, be the cooker so, so that we a, used to hit when back in the day the, the, there was a restaurant called the cooker that was uh within walking distance of the stadium okay i don't think any of those ex exist anymore but at the time it was a chain it was kind of like a little bit more of an upscaled applebee's is the way i always looked at it <laughs> you know it was, it was essentially yeah. the same menu but they didn't have televisions uh but yeah. um until the virus is subsided and they've officially unlocked america i would not make any plans if i were anybody going to nashville because their mayor is famously known to be as as far of a loon as like whitmer of of michigan and newsom out in california so at the drop of a hat he could do a lockdown and you're gonna be stuck there going, oh, i'm glad i glad i flew all the way up here right right so, so I, yeah i don't blame you for not going to that yeah like it's you get stuck there like you're in ecuador or something like this is america <laughs> i can't go to i can't go to another another state but um we, we do have a, we got some family friends going and i don't to me i'm with you it's kind of a waste of time they're they're staying in the melrose area of nashville which isn't really you know near anything and uh yeah, they're they're not going to go downtown and and not really go near the Gulch or Vanderbilt. And I'm thinking, well, yeah, just speaking stay of that, I think this I had this planned for if it, you and Justin on, but I, I'll ask Matt the mm -hmm. same uh, question tomorrow. I mean, uh, next hour. So when that vaccine finally comes out, are you going to be willing to take it, or are you going to be one of these never vaxxers? I wouldn't be a never vaxxer, but I wouldn't be the first in line to go get it. I'd probably wait to see, uh, make sure everybody doesn't stop dropping dead or, you know, all of a sudden uh, I know if some total stranger went to Chick-fil-A or not because they're they're all tracking us now. But um, no, I would I would ultimately get it. I just wouldn't be first in line to do it. It's funny. That's a lot of people's opinion, but I'm like, well, then who is going to do it first? Because no one wants to be the first one. Military. 
I guess, well, yeah. <laughs> that's going to be like a really dark movie where they just inject you when you're, when you're, when you're standing in the chow line. Yeah, I was going to say. What was uh, that? I my, felt a prick somewhere. What was that? <laughs> I was talking to my dad on the way down uh, Saturday, and we were kind of talking about it. And he's like, well, every, every vaccine they have, they try on the military first anyway back in the day. He goes, you know, I'm so full of, you know, whatever they try to shoot us up with back in the day. I don't, he doesn't think he'll ever get anything. So, um, but yeah, I guess that's what they kind of tested on to begin with and, uh, you know, go from there. But uh, I, I would get it. I just wouldn't be the first one. I, I think once we get one, you're, you're going to see like seven of them come out and it's going to go from, man, when are we ever going to get it to like a month later, you're going to be able to buy it at the, at your local stop and rob right next to like, you know, the, the, the candy cigarettes to be, you know, just get it for two yeah. full on there. There'll be, it'll be at the dollar tree, you, you know, before, before yeah. June, two lotto tickets and one of those COVID vaccines, please. <laughs> exactly. Like, that'll be $7. They work, but come to find out you need to take them every day. And so, they, and they'll, right. they'll, they'll be addictive in the, and yeah, there we go with that. Ohio state, by the way, won't have fans in the stands because, of the uh, lockdown that they're doing. They're doing it pre-Thanksgiving, but for the Thanksgiving week, the governor uh, was not going to... He had been allowing fans and uh, friends and family in the stands. He's not going to do that because he feels like that that is going to uh, lead to people having big congregations going into Thanksgiving weekend, so they've decided against that. Uh, we won't have time to get into this. Are you going to be with us tomorrow? Yeah, I'll be okay. I'll be I've got there. something circled. You might have already read it, but if you haven't, go to ESPN.com. There is a uh, really interesting article written about Florida State being basically a dumpster fire. Um, you know, the whole Willie Taggart and, and Jimbo getting into it with the AD. Because reading that, my question tomorrow is, and we can lead off with that, would be. Who's in bigger trouble at this point? Is it Michigan? Is it Florida State? Is it Texas? Is it Nebraska? Is there someone else that I'm not thinking of? But these, but, but those are the four that came to my mind for universities that were and, and Texas is kind of a stretch because Texas is still having a decent year. It's not like they're terrible, but right. Te, but you know how Texas fans think that they should all, always be undefeated, and even though they have only had like three seasons in my lifetime that I could consider them a top ten team. Um, right. But I'm curious to see where that conversation goes tomorrow. We, we won't have time to do that today. Yeah, uh, I, I definitely read it. I, I might have read it twice. Um, and uh, but yeah, it was uh, it was interesting. It was it was you know it, it was it was pretty deep. It was funny. It, it just I was I'm, I'm reading it and I'm, I'm scrolling and I'm scrolling and I'm scrolling. I'm like, well, well I, I should have bought the hard copy of this thing. Um, I didn't realize it was that long, but uh, yeah, it was it was good. Lots <laughs> yeah, of, I lots didn't of know it was up. as long as it was either. I was actually yeah. working and trying to read it at the same time. And I was like, my God, I'm going to have to take a break off of this. I'm going to have to close. I was like, because I, I thought it was going to be like your typical blurb that's like five par paragraphs. And, yeah. This and thing that thing's the length of your freaking, it's like at least the length of your torso. It's, I mean, it goes on and on and on. And then they got pictures involved in there. And it's all what I what I was fairly familiar with, but when you know, it's laid out into a timeline, to me it gives a better perspective yeah, of why so it didn't work out with Jimbo and why. And even though you still have these people that say that Willie Taggart should not have been fired, you you would not believe the FSU Twitter. There's I'd say there's a good thirty to forty percent people who still think that 
Willie Taggart should still be there. You read that, and, he, and, it, and there's a couple of paragraphs that really stands out that sh shows that this is why he was let go, because it, it was just it, there, were, there was no discipline. But it's right. funny in the, in the article, though, and I know you got to run, almost in the same breath, when she writes about that, she talks about how undisciplined the program was and how the players were saying that uh, it was kind of a, a of a joke compared to what Jimbo was running. And then, like, the very next paragraph, she insinuates that he was let go because of the color of his skin. And I'm like, you can't have it both ways. You can't say this guy's incompetent and, oh, by the way, he should have never been fired because it's not right. And I'm like, what, do you, what, what the hell are we talking about here? But, yeah, they, she kind of lost me with that with that paragraph. But yeah, I was like, um, uh, yeah, we can definitely definitely get into that tomorrow. Um, get pick some games, and uh, I will be picking Florida tomorrow. Um, so you don't necessarily have to lose sleep uh, over that one. So, um, but yeah, it should be it should be a fun little Saturday. I'm excited to get up with you guys. I think I think that I think the uh, the the spread of the Florida game should be like forty nine and a half. 31 and a half is just absurd. They could have they, it could be thirty five nothing at the end of the first quarter. Hopefully. We got some backups that need to play. So, all right, brother. Well, we will see you manana. Uh, have a, have a great day and uh, be safe. Sounds good, man. Take care. We're gonna be back in a flash here on the armchair quarterbacks as we've got Matt Carr on the way and Justin Waller might be stopping by. So we'll be back here in just a few moments here on the armchair quarterbacks. Keep it locked in here to CBS Sports Radio. Sick beat and Roy, the tiger bit the man in the head. <laughs> And everybody's mad at the tiger. Talk about the tiger went crazy. That tiger ain't go crazy. That tiger went tiger. Good morning. Armchair. Good morning. Good morning. Good morning. Good morning. Good morning, y'all. Get your morning started off right. Weekdays with the armchair quarterbacks. Riding shotgun with you wherever you're heading. Armchair. Just start fresh someplace. Someplace else. You know, no job, no family. Just walk away. That's my number one fantasy. Number one fantasy pick, Don. David Johnson. David Johnson. Good. David That's Johnson. good. Great. Make sure to join the armchair quarterbacks right here. We'll answer all your questions, pickups, trades, you name it. You want to win your league? Then listen to the Armchair Quarterbacks. And don't be scared to tap that app. Find the Armchair Quarterbacks app today. It's fantasy football time. It's fantasy football time. We are the Armchair Quarterback Show. Your first choice for sports talk live from the First Coast. On the boats and on the planes. you're looking for gifts or stuff for yourself from all teams from all sports it's mvp collectibles in the st augustine outlets mall suite 245 across from the food court mvp collectibles has all 32 nfl teams 
every SEC, every ACC, teams from the Big Ten, and 10 different Major League Baseball teams. That's MVP Collectibles. It's where the armchair quarterbacks can be found just before game day to get our man cave poppin' no matter what team you love. Wake up, y'all. It's the Armchair Quarterbacks Wake Up Show. Catch us on CBS Sports, the Armchair Quarterbacks app, free to download on Google, Android, Apple, iPhone, and Facebook Live. We'll get you going in the morning, 8 a.m. Eastern, 7 Central. You can step into the a.m. What happened? Oh, man, he promised he wouldn't take the chairs. How are you locked in there? Where the hell's all of our stuff? Well, this guy came by to look at the unit and, and he said he didn't think it was big enough to fit a grown man. So you got in voluntarily? I was trying to make a sale. Oh, man. If I ever run into that guy again, you know what I'm gonna do? Bend over? <laughs> Welcome back here to the Armchair Quarterbacks. We're coming to you live on a Friday morning, CBS Sports Radio, Facebook Live, the Armchair Quarterbacks app. Tap that app. Uh, I know quite a few folks, by the way, uh, cracking me up. They were uh, sending me inboxes recently saying that they appreciate the app. They tap the app and... They have a Bluetooth at work, and they have it connected to their Bluetooth. They listen to the show, and uh, their boss is none the wiser. So I I approve that message. <laughs> uh, Friday morning, Friday football Friday. We had the big game last night. Uh, I'm sure a lot of fantasy football players are a little disappointed as, as the numbers didn't go off as, as planned. I think people thought this game would be a little higher scoring, but it wasn't terrible. You just thought you would get a little more from from uh, what you got. I mean, Kyler Murray still in it with two sixty nine and two touchdowns. He had he, would, he only had fifteen yards rushing. That was a little bit of a surprise. And you, I believe Hopkins only ended up with the forty six yards, either forty six or forty nine yards, and uh, a touchdown. So you're a little disappointed by that. You didn't get the big big numbers. Out of, uh, I think I said Hopkins. I meant DK Metcalf. You you didn't get the big numbers out of uh, Metcalf. Russell Wilson wasn't terrible, um, but all in all, I thought it was a good football game. Not everything turns out to be fantasy gold, but if I get a good football game, I'm happy nonetheless because. A lot of times we get stinkers on Thursday night, so I, I, I enjoyed the game. I would have liked to have seen the thing going to overtime because I have I, I, I had some shares on both sides, and I would have liked to have seen the game get extended, so I was pulling for them to tie it up. I didn't really care who won, although I am a big Russell Wilson fan. I'm turning into a Kyler Murray fan as well. Uh, by the way, Russell Wilson, 197, two touchdowns. He... Eh, 
you you want a little more from that from Russell Wilson, but all in all, you can't complain when your quarterback does get two touchdowns because that's usually something that uh, you know a lot of quarterbacks end up not getting every week. The the uh, two TDs, the rushing. He did have forty two yards rushing, but he was sacked three times. So there you have that. So so Russell Wilson, uh, okay. I would say, but with him and. Kyler Murray, they were both, they were below what we expected, but they weren't terrible. The worst thing you can have in fantasy football is your quarterback to just be a dud. Go out there like 169 yards and no touchdowns. And the team won and everyone's happy and you're you're kicking the freaking trash can around the room going, God, what the hell? You screwed me going into the weekend. So at least you're not behind the eight ball if you started either one of those guys. And... DK Metcalf, I want to pull up his stats up real quick because I want to make sure I have him him right. Uh, yes, it was Metcalf, 46 yards and a touchdown. Um, Hopkins, he I'll tell you what, there were a couple of passes that Hopkins was wide open, and Kyler Murray missed him. He had five catches, 51 yards, no touchdowns. So, so Hopkins, a little bit of a disappointment. Tyler Lockett did sneak into the end zone. Chris Carson's going to be back next week. A lot of good things going on in that game. And as far as that running back situation in the Arizona backfield, it's a crapshoot, guys. It just is. You're talking about a team that they want to use Drake and Edmonds equally because they have different strengths and they don't really give a crap about your fantasy football team. So going forward, no matter who you end up starting, realize unless you're in that and unless you're in the room with them, you don't know what their game plan is. So unless you're in the room with them, you won't know how they're going to be utilized from week to week. And if you're going off of what off of what uh, some fancy websites telling you, they're they're guessing too. What you want is utilization. You want you want touches. You want opportunities for your player. When it comes to Drake and Edmonds, it's always going to be a crapshoot. In the leagues where I have Edmonds in a few of them and I've started them, it's because I either have got buys or I just have bad situations because of injuries, et cetera, at running back. And I'm okay with Edmonds only getting going out there and possibly getting double digits. That's what I'm rooting for is a, is a, is a double-digit situation. Chase Edmonds, by the way, I mean, he, he, he made some really good catches last night, and you'd like to see him get more, more uh, involved in the offense. But he did have 36 yards. He did score a touchdown receiving, and he got 13 yards rushing off of two attempts, which that's Edmonds' strength to, to the entire team is always going to be catching out of the backfield. Drake, they try to pass to him a little bit out of the backfield, but in their heart of hearts, in like a third and long situation, they're going to go with Edmonds in that backfield. Uh, Drake did sneak into the end zone with a touchdown catch uh, with 11 yards. but twenty. I mean, you're talking about a team that gives up a lot on the ground, and he had 11 carries which isn't that bad of a sample size and only got 29 yards rushing. You're what is that like around two and a half yards of carry just over that. That is just absolutely terrible. 
And I wonder how much longer that they go with him. The problem is I think you're always going to see him out there in the goal line situation. So Edmonds, for him to score, has to sneak out of the backfield within right around the time they get in the in the red zone, and you hope he sneaks in, in there. Uh, all in all, Drake finished with 29 yards rushing, and he had 31 yards receiving. He did get in the end zone, and that's what you like, but there are going to be some weeks where you're going to be very disappointed in Drake. And that's why I told people drafting him was just fool's gold all year long. Anyways, moving on from that, we got Matt Carr at the top of the hour. We're going to get into some NBA talk along with the NFL when he gets here. I'm going to go ahead and throw three of my picks because it doesn't look like Justin's going to to make it today. So I'm trying to do NFL six packs on Friday, and then I do an NFL six pack on Saturday on the Saturday show. So I'll go ahead and give you a, a few of mine and then we'll go from there. Um, one of the games that I really like, I want to make sure that the line is still sitting there this morning. It's now gone up to plus two. Give me the Packers plus two. I think they're the better team. I get it. that Indianapolis is at home. That means nothing. I get it that the Colts have have had, what, 11 days they will have had to prepare for the Packers. That usually helps. But if it gets into a duel, give me Aaron Rodgers. And the fact that he's an underdog in this game, I don't see it. I think, I think the Packers are a better team. I think they played one of their worst games last Sunday against Jacksonville, but they found a way to win. And you don't get that. You just don't get that all the time. A lot of times you play a terrible game, you lose. They probably should have lost to Jacksonville. They found a way to win, and that just tells me something about this Green Bay team going forward. I, I like Green Bay a lot in that game. Uh, the other one, the Minnesota-Dallas game. Minnesota's giving up seven. I don't think it's enough. But I'll tell you the number that I really like. The Minnesota Vikings team total right now, if you jump on it, is 27.5. I guarantee you that goes up to 28 or 28.5 by Sunday. I think the Minnesota Vikings are going to roll. Dallas, I get it. Dalton's back. But what the hell has that meant? And Minnesota's playing a lot better football. I don't like the fact that they're coming off that that, that Monday night football game that usually spells trouble, but it, it is a late kickoff, so you, you do get a little bit of a, an advantage there that I'd have to get up early on Sunday so they can get a little more work in this week. I don't see how Dallas is going to keep that Minnesota offense under wraps. So 27 and a half, the total team total for the Vikings. I really like that game. And then here's the one where there's two offenses that are going to struggle. They're expecting rain, 40-degree temperature. There's going to be some wind, but it's not going to be drastic. But you're talking about 15-mile-an-hour wind. Okay, that's nothing yeah, That's nothing terrible. But I'm just talking, when you put it all together, it's going to be a rainy day. It's going to be a little bit of wind. It's going to be uh, a game where Cleveland Browns and Philadelphia Eagles, their offenses have not been hitting on all cylinders, and yet their over-under is sitting at 47.5. I like the under on that one big time. Um, Cleveland, the past couple of games that they've played at home, 
and though it's not expected to be as windy, they've played better offenses and haven't even hit 30 points as a total the last two games. Remember the, the low-scoring slugfest with the, with the Raiders and then, of course, again with Houston? I think both of those offenses are better than the Philadelphia Eagles offense. And the Eagles' defense is not terrible. They will do enough to slow it down. And Cleveland wants to get a little bit of a lead. And then I think you'll see Cleveland get Chubb in your lineup. Get Kareem Hunt in your lineup. I think you're going to see a lot of that going on uh, this Sunday. If you've got either one of those, I think you're going to see a heavy dose of that. And so I'll, I'll save my other three picks for when Matt joins me at the top of the hour. But those are my three picks on this side. Green Bay, plus two. Minnesota team total plus 27.5 and Philly minus 47.5. I have not seen the line. I think they've pulled the line down, but I'll be interested. Oh, it's back up again. Purdue is giving up two points. If, if you're looking for a game today, today, Purdue is giving up two points at Minnesota. I don't think there's any way in the hell. Minnesota's going to beat Purdue. That game's at 7.30 tonight. I like Purdue a lot in this one. I felt like Purdue might have been the better team last week when they played. Um, they were on the road at uh, Northwestern. And Northwestern's playing good football this year. But I felt like Purdue lost some opportunities there. Give me Purdue minus two tonight. I know we don't, we're not making these picks, but on the real, real, I'm going to have some skin in that game. Because Purdue is going to move the ball at will against that Minnesota defense. And I just think Minnesota's being overrated from what they did last year, but they lost so many people to the NFL draft. This is a complete rebuild for Minnesota. Remember, P.J. Fleck has not been there long enough where he's just putting more cogs back in the engine. He's not Nick Saban out here, right? He doesn't have five-star after four-star after five-star after four-star going, get in there! Take over. He's got guys that, hell, even if he was the one that recruited him, he recruited him at his very bottom. He he had his best recruiting class last year. Those guys are all freshmen. You won't see them make huge contributions until next year at the very earliest. This Purdue team is well coached. It's a veteran team, and they're going to go into Minnesota, and I th I think they beat Minnesota probably by double digits. I don't see how Minnesota's defense, which has been a sieve all year long, I don't see how, how they're going to hang in there. It's going to be one thing after another tonight. When you when you watch that game and you get locked into it, I think you're going to see Purdue put their – I'm not going to say they're going to move the ball at will, but I see, I see a score something like Purdue winning 31-20. to 20. Syracuse, uh, Louisville's tonight as well. A little interested in that game because the spread is so high. And I'm tempted to take Syracuse plus 17.5. It was 18.5 yesterday. Evidently, a lot of people have that same thought. They jumped on it, and it's down to 17.5. By tomorrow, it's going to be even closer. Louisville has played so up and down all year long, and the only win that you could hang their hat on, realistically, is the Florida State game. Well, that's not a win. Florida State's terrible this year. 
They've had 15 guys leave the program from injury or they've decided to transfer or they've dis- or they're getting their degree and they're like I'm not getting going out here and getting hurt. It's a complete rebuild at Florida State from the ground up. I heavily encourage people to read that article on espn.com. It might be a paywall thing, so I apologize if you have to ESPN plus it or something because you know how some of their things are like that. But if it's not, it's it's a good article. It's a lengthy article. You want to read it. Um, when you sit down and read it, get <clears throat> set aside a good 10 to 15 minutes because you're going to have to sit there, comb through it, and you, and you might have to reread it a couple of times because just trying to grasp because the names. I hate when they do this, when they write an article and they mention the guy's name once and then they just start throwing the last names. And unless you're a diehard Seminole fan like myself, you're not, you don't know who the hell Will Cox and Miller is. And they just keep throwing the names back and forth. I'm like, you really should preface that with what their role is at the university. Every time you mention their name, you may not have to give the entire name, but at least put in parentheses, athletic director, booster club, et cetera, et cetera. Cause if you dropped me in the middle of an article, that was like that telling about how, how Baylor football fell apart, right? I would need to know and a reminder of who these, oh, when you're throwing five or six names at me at once, remind me who the hell these people are midway through the article. Cause you, because unless it's a household name, how, how are you supposed to keep this straight? But it is a good article. It's, 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 uh, it's done well. It's a weird swipe that, that she made at the end that was really strange about um, Willie Taggart being released because some of the uh, of the sour grapes in the Florida State community thought that it could have been racially related even she even though she had just stated three four paragraphs consecutively prior to that about how terrible he was doing as a head coach about how he had no direction whatsoever which this is the reason why everyone wanted him out you could see it you didn't even have to read that article to know that willie taggart did a terrible job as head coach at florida state because every game you watched they were the most penalized team on the field, and it wasn't just silly penalties like holdings and false starts. It was dumb penalties. They would have a chance to get within field goal range to win a ball game, or they'd be driving for the go-ahead touchdown, and some idiot would haul off and club a guy in the head and cost him 15 yards and kill the drive, and this happened every single week. Over and over and over again. And all you would hear the post-game conversation was, well, we got to get it together, and we're going to do things differently, and we got to get these guys to understand the Florida State way. And they were talking about some of the antics that he pulled. They pretty much felt like that Willie Taggart was a clown. That was the, uh, the gist of it. And the biggest thing that I took away from it, we'll get more into it tomorrow on the college football kickoff show, was when they kept referring to the fact that when Taggart first took over, it was a shock to the current players who had played under Jimbo Fisher because every 
single play had to be right and everything and there was a there was a sense of structure in all of your practices and the the exact quote is i felt like i was at a little league practice when willie taggart took over there was everything was just oh, okay that was great guys you know you're doing fine time juice box time juice box and and vanilla, vanilla wafers here get some orange slices and that's what you saw on the, on the field. And this is what Norvell's having to clean up. And I'm glad they put it out there because there are some people that have made some promises that need to be held accountable if they don't come through from the Florida State end. I'm not unrealistic as a Florida State fan to say, we don't have losing seasons at Florida State. No, you do. Because if you, if you, don't, if you don't treat your program correctly, anyone can have these kinds of terrible seasons. Look at the Gators just five years ago. They were a laughing stock. They were blocking each other, and they turned into a gif. Remember, that was against Georgia Southern. They, they lost to Georgia Southern because they were blocking each other. So any program can be susceptible to this. It's less likely to happen out in Alabama where it is always the focus to win football games. They, I mean, they'll throw academics out the window to win a football game. But it's always in the background is that if you don't keep it number one priority, you can fall off the pedestal pretty fast. I do think they have the right guy there, uh, Norvell. He might have to make some changes at coordinators, though, because his coordinators he's brought along, especially on the defensive side, assistant coaches, they have not been good. All right, let's go ahead and take a quick break. When we come back, Matt Carr will be with us, and uh, we're going to get into – the world of the NBA, the NBA draft happened a couple of days ago. We're going to talk that. We're going to talk the National Football League game, and we'll uh, hit you with the rest of our NFL picks. We'll be back in a flash here on the Armchair Quarterbacks. Keep it locked in here to CBS Sports Radio. CBS Sports Radio. You're listening to the Armchair Quarterbacks on CBS Sports Radio, number one sports station. Good morning, and this is your Armchair Quarterbacks Sports Flash. We've got triple action header on a Friday night in college football. At 7 o'clock, Syracuse getting 18.5 at Louisville, the over-under 56.5. UMass plus 33 at the Fighting Willie Taggarts, the over-under is 51. New Mexico plus 7.5 at Air Force, that over-under is 55.5. On Saturday, it all gets started on the Dixie Football Nation by the Armchair Quarterbacks, 8 a.m. Eastern to 9 a.m. Eastern, Facebook Live Armchair Quarterbacks app, and some of your CBS Sports affiliates. It all gets rolling at noon. Clemson, 35.5 point favorites at Florida State. Indiana is getting 20.5 at Ohio State. No fans are allowed in the stands because of protocol set by the governor of Ohio for the Thanksgiving week. Illinois plus 14.5 at Nebraska. That over-under is 59. LSU, minus 2 at Arkansas. 62.5 is the number. The Florida Gators, minus 31.5 at the Vanderbilt Commodores. 68 is the number, 330 Eastern. Iowa Hawkeyes, minus 2.5 at Penn State. Cincinnati, giving up 5.5 at the Central Florida Golden Knights. That over-under is 63.5. 
Cal Bears minus three at Oregon State. San Diego State minus one and a half at Nevada. A few games at four o'clock Eastern. You got Virginia Tech minus three at Pittsburgh. Kentucky getting 30 at Alabama. Kansas State plus 11 at Iowa State. The Wisconsin Badgers at 4.30, giving up 7.5 at Northwestern. And at 7 o'clock Eastern, the Tennessee Volunteers are getting 11 at Auburn. That over-under is 50.5. Mississippi State getting 24.5 at Georgia, while the Liberty Flames are a field goal and a hook dog on the road at the North Carolina State Wolfpack. Oklahoma State getting seven on the road at the OU Sooners. The number is 59. Later action, you've got Arizona getting 11 at 8 o'clock at Washington. Michigan minus 10.5 at Rutgers. And the USC Trojans, they're giving up three on the road to Utah. On Sunday, the armchair quarterbacks stardom, sit'em, DFS pick'em show starts at 11 a.m. Eastern to noon Eastern. And then the action gets rolling, 1 p.m. You got the Philadelphia Eagles getting three at the Cleveland Browns. That over-under is 47.5. Falcons at Saints plus four to Atlanta. 51.5 is the number. New England minus two at Houston. 49 is the over-under. Pittsburgh Steelers giving up 10.5 on the road to the Jacksonville Jaguars. Over-under of 46. Tennessee plus five at Baltimore. The number is 49 and a half. Four o'clock, you got the Jets plus 10 at the Chargers. The over-under is 46. Green Bay plus two at the Colts. 51 is the number. And the Dallas Cowboys are getting seven at the Minnesota Vikings with the over-under sitting at 48. Monday Night Football has the LA Rams plus four at the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. That over-under sits at four. And that's your armchair quarterback's wake-up show, CBS Sports Flash. Stay tuned for more of the Armchair Quarterbacks on these CBS affiliates, our Facebook Live, and the Armchair Quarterbacks app. Tap that app today. At Shell, we know from the time you get up to the time you wrap up, there's a lot of meetups, eat-ups, and hurry-ups. So come to Shell and get three things done at once. Fill up with Shell V Power Nitro Plus to help keep your engine running like new. Save up with the Fuel Rewards program and never pay full price for gas again. And snack up with in-store rewards to save even more at the pump. Make the most of the stop you need to make with Shell. And engines that continuously use Shell V Power Nitro Plus Premium Gas. And see full terms and conditions at FuelRewards.com. You're listening to the Armchair Quarterbacks on CBS Sports Radio. You gotta fight! Armchair. Community Access Channel. It's like people only do things because they get paid. And that's just really sad. Look, you can stay here in the big leagues and play by the rules, or you can go back to the farm club in Aurora. It's your choice. Yes. And it's the choice of a new generation. Welcome back here to the Armchair Quarterbacks. Matt Carr Fridays. And, uh, okay, what does this shirt say? I know what it says. Is there an inside joke to that, or is this what the shirt actually means? She bought you tickets to LeBron James. Is that a musical? 
no. So I, this was before I started being a regular on the show. Um, this was a couple of years ago for my birthday. Ash, my wife had bought me. She wanted to give me basketball tickets for my birthday and make a big day of it. And she knows basketball a little bit. She knew LeBron was in L.A. She knew he was. She knew, but they were, the tickets were so high. The Celtics tickets were so high. Went home for lunch, came back, and all of a sudden something popped up. Cleveland versus Atlanta. They were like cheap tickets, really good seats. And she's like, buy now. And she didn't realize she had like had a brain fart and thought she just got a really good deal on some LeBron James tickets right. versus Cleveland and Atlanta, which at that time they were the two worst teams in the league. <laughs> but it was a fun day. It was, it was a fun trip. Anyway, I made this shirt to wear to the game in Atlanta, which we had a good trip. <laughs> so this was right after he went to L.A.? Yeah. Okay. I thought you were going to tell me y'all got excited, went down there, and he was uh, load managing, and he didn't see, and all you could see was his uh, his uh, bald spot sitting on the bench in, in no, like a so warm up suit. It was a birthday gift. My birthday's in December, so mm-hmm. we went down there, and she gave me this like a, a a printout of the tickets that said Cleveland versus Atlanta. I was like, why did you give me this? You're like, great, go Falcons. <laughs> right which we it was a lot it was really it was a fun trip uh i don't know if you remember the scene in vacation when they got lost in st louis asking for directions i actually uh lived that but yeah go ahead <laughs> we were i thought we were about to live that when we got lost in atlanta getting to our hotel <laughs> and then just a lot of stuff happened but it was a good trip i got uh into it with uh the girl that I was seeing years ago because she got pissed because I went down to the, um, it was, it was in Atlanta, but I'd never seen Dan Reno play live. It was, it was the end of his career and I didn't know. Now he ended up playing one more year, but I didn't know that was going to happen. I think, or maybe that actually was his, no, that had to have been, well, hell, I actually, I don't know. It's kind of running together. I, I almost think, I think he played one more year, but regardless, I didn't know if he was going to come back and I didn't know if I, he'd ever come back again. And I ended up going to uh, the game down there. She ended up coming with me after complaining and saying she didn't want to go because it was uh, the, um, the game was being played a couple of days before or a couple of days after Christmas. I don't remember. And she raised $300 worth of hell about like, I'm not telling you, you got to come with me. I'm telling you, I'm going to go see Dan Marino. And she, <laughs> and she complained the whole time down there. She complained on the way down there because I didn't have tickets. And, <laughs> I, and I said, I've never had tickets when I go to games. I get them there. You know, nowadays it's different. You got StubHub and stuff. It's a lot easier. But back then, you just went down and you bought them from scalpers. It's what you did. And so I foot the bill. I bought the whole, you know, the whole ride down there. The, the you know, we got stayed at a nice hotel, et cetera, et cetera. I paid the whole nine yards. She still complained about how much I paid for tickets from a scalper that morning. <laughs> because when we sat down next to these people that had sold those tickets to a scalper. And then the scalper obviously turned around and sold them back. She was complaining that we could have bought them from them a lot cheaper. I'm like, how the hell am I going to find these people out there? I was like, the only people who are willing to give up, unless you wanted to show up several hours in advance and we, we get our own board and say, need tickets. 
right? Right. And then people could, will, will come up and sell them to you. That's another. I I've actually gone that route where people are like screw it, man. He's a scalper. Just give him give him a deal and let's go. And like I, I buy the ticket and I tear up my board and I go into the game. Uh, <laughs> I've, I've done that before. Too. I've never seen a football game or a concert I couldn't get into. Um, you have to be willing to pay sometimes, but anyways that. That reminds me, just when you talk about going down to Atlanta, I, I still had a good time. I actually had to get up, Matt. This, this is how you knew that this relationship was doomed. Right around halftime, I got up to use the restroom. I wandered around with a beer in my hand and was watching the game in different uh, <laughs> uh, entrances into back into the stadium. It was the old Atlanta Superdome, right? Yeah. And... She eventually busted me. I forget how she busted me, but I, I'd gotten pretty liquored up at that point. And she, <laughs> and she found me standing in the in the entranceway watching Marino play. I got away for for a good forty five minutes to an hour watching Marino finally play. And I got tired of sitting here listening to her complain the whole time. It's the only time I was ever going to see my favorite quarterback that has ever walked the earth play, and she, I had to listen to her complain. Like uh, we went to uh, another Atlanta story. We went down to uh, what's the Celtics. Don't tell Atlanta that story. <laughs> not that Atlanta trip. No, not that one. Another another Atlanta trip. <laughs> <laughs> but we went down to watch the big three play with uh, Pierce Garnett and Ray Allen, and then Rondo was the fourth. Then, and I had a migraine, and we were it was horrible. It was, I was sick the whole time. So I'd saved up so money just to go balls out, drink. So I just I was drinking water the whole time. Anyway, late fourth quarter. Celtics had it pretty much wrapped up, so I'm like, let's go. And we started walking out and went to overtime. I'm like, yeah, let's stay and watch overtime. So we started walking around the building like you were, went to another overtime, <laughs> started walking around the building. So it went to three overtimes. We, we, we walked around the arena watching three overtimes. I just got an alert from uh, actually one of our listeners. He's a big Hurricane fan, and he said that uh, Diaz, the head coach for the Hurricanes, has tested positive for uh, the coronavirus. So, means that uh, I don't. I, who, who the hell knows what that means? Because sometimes these are false positives. But uh, we'll see. Right. We'll see what that means going forward. Um, usually the protocol is ten days. So I don't know exactly what that that is flip flopped back and forth so many times in what the protocols are that I I give up. I just wait till they tell me what the hell is going to happen. Because we were right. told at one point it was a bare minimum 14 days. I was like, well, this is asinine. And then remember the NFL came out and said, nah, if you get if you get two, two uh, negatives in a row within 24 hours, you can play. Like, what the hell is this? And now they're coming out Saturday. They're, they're doing this whole brand new protocol thing where they're um, – I don't know if you saw this. I, I, I talked about it yesterday, but – there, there will no starting tomorrow. There will be no meetings allowed in the National Football League inside. So you either have to do them via Zoom or you have to do them outside, like at a, you know, I guess in your in a either folding chairs or maybe you go to go to go to the stadium. Hell, I don't know. But um, I'm gonna say if they, if they only had a big area they could meet at. I know with with some seats. That's what they need is a big area with some seats that aren't being used at all right like open now. Open air. Yeah. Open air. Yeah. I feel like I feel like they could do these meetings during the game. Um, <laughs> right. Um, as, long, as, long as, the, as long as the coaches have masks. Yes. That, that is imperative. Um, 
looking at their schedule going forward, they are off this weekend, but they will be at Wake Forest in a week. Wait a minute. Do I have this wrong? 11-6, 11-14. Tomorrow's 11-21. I've got something wrong here. Let me... Let me pull up a more updated Miami Hurricane football schedule because something's uh, not right. Um, I hate the way Google does everything. I will put it that way. Have Have you ever tried to look up a schedule on Google? Okay, they yeah, they I are used, playing. The they were supposed to play Georgia Tech this weekend. It's been postponed. Hell, who cares? Diaz is positive. They don't play till December fifth again. So who gives a damn? He'll be right. fine. I mean, I'm, hopefully he's healthy. I don't want the guy to get sick, but what the hell? I mean, who who gives a damn? He's not going to – they don't play for two weeks. They're on some kind of vacation. Um, they don't play till December 5th at Wake Forest. And then they got North Carolina, which could be a tough game, and then they get Georgia Tech. So it doesn't matter. They'll, they'll win at least two of those games – and we won't have bowl games, so it won't matter. <laughs> it's just, it's, all, right. all right. Anyways, moving on. Um, let's go ahead and get into the NBA draft real quick because you haven't been on since the draft went down. Uh, once again, you have doomed the Golden State Warriors. I swear every time you talk good things about them, something terrible happens. Uh, you were talking about them you know, being able to bounce back this coming year and what were they were going to do in the draft, and then – Boom! You put the you put the kibosh on Clay Thompson. He's out for the season. Achilles tear. They hope he can be back in about a calendar year, maybe a little less. I think I think they'll slow roll that and hope he hopefully he's back to normal by January, um, uh, January twenty two. Is the window so, clo- is the window closed for Golden State? No, you don't think so. And that's not just – I'm a fan of theirs. I think they still got a good team. I think Wiseman, that's going to be a very interesting play. The The latest stupid rumor I heard today was a, a sign-and-trade for Clay Thompson with Gordon Hayward. I heard that. So that would keep them rolling. But, uh, no, I think, I, I think they're a top-three team in the West, top-four. Uh, Clay's not coming back. Because uh, that's I what – well, because, I mean, that's what you want if you're a, if you're a Golden State fan. You want a durable – Guy to replace Clay Thompson. Let's go out and take on Gordon Hayward's thirty-one million dollars. Right. I, exactly. I, I, I don't see how that could go badly at all. Right. That, that's that's a stupid rumor I heard today from some website. I don't know called the Onion it, or something. I don't know. Isn't? Oh yeah. If if you see it, off I'm just kidding. Just kidding. Um, if didn't Thompson just sign? Doesn't a he, huge. Yeah. So yeah, he, he's locked in for five years. Is it five years? Okay. So he still has three years left on his contract if he finally plays next year. Because he didn't play at all last year. Right. Um, and I and I felt like he signed it just before. Like he signed it in July of 19, right? He, he signed it when he got hurt. Because that was a big deal. They're like, okay, we like we still have faith in you. Here you go. July, yeah, July of 19. And it was a five-year deal. Okay, I, I thought it was a four-year deal. Regardless, he'll have two. It, it, might, it, might, have been. it might have been. Regardless, it's a two to three years left if they did make that trade. But what the hell does Boston gain from that? What they exactly. 
they get a 33-year-old Clay Thompson coming off of Achilles and knee injuries. I'd rather just get rid of them. Get, in other yeah. words, you can have Hayward, give us Wiseman, and everything's okie dokie. <laughs> right. I, I, clearly, Danny Ainge refuses to get a big. So, yeah, <laughs> it's ridiculous. What the hell happened in that draft? I'm not happy with AA run, but I think we should have got a big. I think Naismith is going to be good, right? That's not my right. issue. And I actually do like the kid out of Oregon. But they didn't draft any kind of a power forward or center, period. Yeah. What did so they I end it? I, I still don't know what they got. What, what the hell did they get for the uh, for the uh, big man that they drafted but they gave to uh, Memphis? Or, it was, no, it was a guard. That, what did they get yeah, for that? I have, no idea. I have no idea what they got. I never even heard. Yeah, I know they traded that pick. And I was like, great, more picks. I know. But then again, I've also heard Drummond sign with Cleveland, but Drummond still has a chance to get tra- – I don't know. We, we, uh, Ainge has to do something this year, man. This is ridiculous. Like, we haven't had a big man in four years, five years, six years. Enos Cantor picked up his $5 million option. Shock, yeah, shock, I, mean, I mean, shocker there. What? what? <laughs> he stinks. Of course he's going to pick up his option. Right. So, another thing uh, – this is not anything center related, but it'd be cool. Just because I'm a big fan of him. Avery Bradley declines his player option. I wouldn't mind seeing him back in Boston. What is he? Sixty. I mean, I, I, I've always like I've always liked him, man. I've been a big. I, I like him too, but we we don't we missed his best years, so right. that's that's not that exciting. What I don't understand is that when they made the trade to. Detroit. Memphis. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Sorry. The guy, one of the guys that I liked the most, his, his name's escaping me, but all, all the reports that I read, the big man from Colorado was still there. They ended up getting drafted early second round. And I thought for sure that's who we were going after. I didn't think there was any way we were not going after him. Yeah. Like I said, I, as soon as we drafted, uh, we were in a big group message with uh, Austin Nelson and some other people. And he's very—he's a big Vandy fan too, though. So he's big high on Naismith. But then I text my other buddy. I said, "What do I need to know about this guy?" He's like, "It's a solid pick. He's a good DN three guy." Great well, shooter. he's looked upon as—I'll I'll tell you this—from all the combine stuff that I read, he's looked upon as the best shooter in the draft. Right. So he's just—but but he's just another guy that's going to spot up on the three-point line and just sit back right. there and try to shoot. And and the, Boston needs someone in the paint. They have—they have. Yeah. They have also rans in the paint. Yeah. They have, I mean, not to knock the guys, but the guys they have in the paint are not big-time players. I would have at least liked to see what, what, what the kid from Colorado could have done. But um, I, I think Williams is going to be good from, I mean, he, he's starting to get some playing time last year. I think he'll be a decent center, but, I mean, I still want to. But you I need depth, you, you, yeah. right? Like, in other words, he's not going to play 48 minutes a game. And I right. just don't know where they go after that because when I'm when just looking at the whole thing and seeing how it how it played out, I don't understand why they didn't uh, 
go after a big man at some point. I right? mean, the, the bigs are going away in the NBA. We know that, but you still need somebody down there. Yeah, it's they've they've oh here we go I'm gonna I'm, I'm, I'm gonna find that cat because I and I'm telling you when when I saw it unfold so Desmond Bain was was the kid from TCU that they were so uh, big on but round two the kid from Colorado there he is Tyler Bay he went to freaking Col- uh the 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 seventy sixers, and of course the seventy sixers moved Al Horford. But was well, it said he was traded to the Mavericks too? But I don't know how. I don't. Know, I don't understand all that stuff. So right, but but my point is Tyler Bay could have been someone that they could have. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Dumbfounding. I'll I'll tell you that who who is. Who, who do you think was the best fit at the top of the draft? I, I want to say Wiseman because I think that they have all the guards and they needed a big. I think Wiseman was the obvious pick there for them. I agree. And I think, uh, I think the Warriors didn't panic when they, they knew going into that pick that Clay was out for the – I would assume they knew he was out for the year. Now long-term at the top of the draft because I, I agree with you. I think immediately Wiseman is, was a phenomenal – pick and it was very fortunate for golden state that he fell where he fell because i felt like he might have been the best player in the draft but he was definitely the biggest need for golden state golden state right. golden state gets screwed if if uh minnesota grabs wiseman right I, 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 I still think i mean with wiggins with wiggins there uh draymond green steph curry and wiseman i think it's still gonna be man i'm still I ain't picking anything, but I think it's gonna be fun to watch Golden State this year. I'm telling you right now, if if Memphis, excuse me, not Memphis, if Wiseman went to Memphis, what was on my head? If Minnesota would have went Wiseman, I think Golden State would have went Patrick Williams out of Florida State because they were gonna go big. They were That's not it. gonna they were not gonna go for another guard. That's the last thing they needed. And and I'm was, just glad they didn't pan, they didn't panic by you know what I'm saying like they 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 were. They have big, very big news that day before the draft. Right. And they still they stayed true to what they wanted to but do. The, so, good. but they still have Wiggins, and of course they've still got Curry, and they, and they've got other guys that are going to be able to score out on their perimeter. I thought it was a great pick. Now, who do you think is the most dynamic player when it's all said and done, five to six years from now? Who's the guy that's in this draft that you say, man, that's going to be the guy? That's going to be the guy to look out for. Um. Probably, uh, <laughs> it, I don't want to say it, but man, like we've been talking about him, the ball, uh, Lamelo. It, it, we'll see how he does in uh, Charlotte with Jordan. You know, Jordan has a horrible track record for anything in management, but uh, our ownership, I guess. But uh, and and you've talked high on him. You've seen him play more than I have. But I mean, I just out of the, I mean, but Wiseman might be the guy. But Bigs usually, I think the Bigs are going away, so. A ball is a kind of a futuristic for the NBA. I really do think it's going to be ball. I'm interested to see what Patrick Williams develops into, but I'm telling you, we're we're two to three seasons to see what he's doing. The uh, clowns on ESPN were were uh, talking about how he didn't even start at Florida State. What are they doing? They should fire the staff. Of course, that just tells me that those are people. It was uh, Kornheiser and uh, Wilbon, and I'm like, this is just this is typical of two guys who don't actually watch the games. 
they they read cliff notes and then they get on the air. <clears throat> if you it watch was a weird... if you watch Florida State basketball, if you watch college basketball, you're aware that Florida State throws about twelve guys out at you on at a, at a game. That's Leonard Hamilton basketball. It he doesn't care who the the starters are. Because the backups play just as much. He treats, he's the only guy in college basketball that I say on this day treats his team like a hockey team because he comes at you in shifts. He does not care about, well, you're the starter and you're going to get your minutes. And because they just play, they're kind of, they're kind of a throwback to what, uh, what was the Nolan Richardson at Arkansas is 40 minutes of hell. Yeah. And so that was an asinine comment that I heard on, on PTI yesterday. I just had to get that off my chest because I was like, if you're saying that and they claim that they watch college basketball, they don't watch college basketball because it's yeah. infamous that Florida State – hell, Devin Vassell was a starter, but he averaged less minutes than Patrick Williams. So what the hell are we talking about here? And right. Devin Vassell went 11th overall, so it's not like he was some scrub. Right. So this was the first. I, I didn't realize this fact until after the draft. I didn't pay. I mean, I watched. Uh, I watched. Uh, if I didn't watch all of it, I watched most of the whole draft. Uh, but no, North Carolina, Duke, Kansas, or Kentucky player was picked as a lottery pick this year. No, but I'll tell you what, the kid from North Carolina. So I think this might be the steal of the draft. I, this was my next question: Is the steal of the draft? I'll go ahead and say mine. Cole Anthony going to the Orlando Magic. That might be the steal of the draft. Yeah, man, and that was uh, it was kind of cool. I don't know why Spike Lee was there, but uh, it was kind of cool watching his reaction to. Uh, it, it was just it was cool. Like he he got hurt and he kind of like humbled himself and he came back and played. I don't know. It was pretty cool. I was uh, I was I was happy for him. Man. I'm gonna guess he's some kind of family friend to Cole Anthony. I guess they're from New York. Is that what it? Is? I mean, I think they're from New York or something Possibly. like that. Possibly. Possibly. Yeah, so it's, it's, but it was just as soon as they showed the highlight and Spike Lee dancing around, I was very confused. <laughs> yeah, it's like, okay, are you a, are you all of a sudden a freaking North Carolina fan, or are you a Orlando right. Magic fan because James Dolan tells you that you get that you can't go through the employee entrance anymore? <laughs> <laughs> I already forgot about that. That's funny. Freaking weirdo. Uh, <laughs> I'm sorry, man. You're a multimillionaire. You don't need to be going through the freaking you know, popcorn stand, uh, you, you know, you need to be going to the employee's bathroom. Okay. Um, just putting a cap on the draft all in all, who, do, who do you think won uh, draft day? I haven't did a deep, deep dive into that, honestly. So I don't know. Um, I'm gonna throw one at you that you're probably not going to like. Probably Philadelphia. Philadelphia, I think. Yeah, uh, I think I mean, that's, that's what that's what I've been hearing murmurs of as well. So I'm curious. A lot of people are big on Tyrese Maxey. I did not watch him enough, but the kid from France, uh, Theo Melodone, I believe his name is. Um, there are a lot of people that are big time on him. I don't. I'm not going to get overexcited when people are saying that Paul Reed from DePaul is a great pick. If he's that great of a pick, why did he fall all the way to the 28th pick of the second round? Okay, I mean, come on. Um, I wanted Obi. That's who I wanted. I've wanted him. Uh, he obviously he went before we could get him, but I think he's. I think he hit mute for some reason, Carr. Um. You're saying that you want Obi. 
Yeah, I want yeah. I, I want Obi, but uh, it just uh, it didn't happen. But I think he's gonna I think he's gonna be a very good player of the future. I do too. I would have liked to have just seen. The, we're just so tired of Celtic fans watching them waste all these good draft picks and not go up there and grab someone. Go in, go up and get someone. Get a big pick so we can get excited about it because we get all these other guys that are seven minute contributors. Okay, that gives you depth. Which I mean But we still have the same problem we had last year. We don't have a big man to stop Giannis. We've got nothing yeah, to throw I mean, at I him. Get it. We 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 complained about not moving him to the draft and I think we we're a little spoiled because two of the last five picks we have is Tatum and Brown. So I mean we did good there. I just I just think we want I think we want a lot more. Well, I'm just fan. saying that, okay, for instance, where did Obi go? He went, uh, was it fifth? He went, numbers, he went number eight to the eight, Knicks. Eight, okay. Yeah, so Obi, you're trying to tell me the Knicks would not have given up the number eight pick to move back to get two or three draft picks? You probably could have gone two first rounds and then throw a second round at them, right? Right. You probably wouldn't even have to give them all three first round picks. To move yeah. up a few slots to get depth in the New York Knicks organization, I think they would have taken that, and getting Obi would have given them a legitimate big man, and 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 that's right. my issue. That's my issue. It just feels like that. It's it just reminds me so much of these baseball guys that will hold on to prospects because they want the number one ranked farm system, and they don't give a damn about getting a ring on their finger. We're now well, tied with the Lakers. For the most the championships, Knicks, it's the race the to 18. Knicks, the Knicks just cleared up $40 million of space. So, I mean, I think they're making the, either – I think Hayward's going there or Westbrook's going there. So, it's going to be interesting what the Knicks this year. I saw there's a new article out saying that the the Celtics were told not to make, make the trade for Harden to uh, – I, I guess there was a possible trade in the works to get James Harden. I don't know how the hell that would have helped anything. I mean – Right. Once again, we need a big guy. I mean, we quit focusing. Are we just going to run? Is Brad Stevens going to run five guys out out there on the wing? And or I mean, I mean hell, at this point, go get Blake Griffin. I don't give a crap. I know he's he's a shadow of his former self, but go get get us a big guy. That's all I'm saying. Um, what are your NFL picks for the week, sir? Um, I got you want all three or just one at a time? Are you going to go back and forth? Since we're uh, short on time, go ahead and throw all, all three at me. All right, I got Pats uh, minus two over Houston. I like that. I got I got Cincinnati plus two oh, actually, versus Washington. What mean? You got the Patriots minus two over Houston. Yes. And then what's the next one? I got Cincinnati. They're uh, plus two over Washington. Okay. And then I took the under on – this is just a different – I got t took the Tampa Bay and the Rams game. I took the under. It's at 48 right now. Um, now I actually like Houston plus two, and I, I, I've got two and a half on my board. Uh, I, I like I like Houston uh, at home against New England. I think New England's being a little overvalued. Uh, I like the Falcons plus four. I really like that game this week. Yes, because I'll tell you why I say that. They play close usually no matter what, and Jameis Winston right. has not played well against the Falcons. And you can say it's a different team, it's a different da-da-da-da-da. Sometimes guys just don't play well against certain uniforms, 
it gets in their head or whatever, he is going to throw at least two interceptions against the Falcons. Book it. Uh, so I, I, I like to give him four. That's man, that's pretty steep. I guarantee you that goes down by by Sunday. And then my other one, uh, Titans Baltimore. The over under is forty nine and a half. I like the under. I think that's going to be a sluggish game. I think they're going to feel each other out like a heavyweight fight in the first half. People who take the over are going to be freaking out when it's like seven to three at halftime, and you're going to get a total total of something like I think that game's going to be like seventeen fourteen something like that. It's not going to be some some big uh, offensive show. And Tennessee doesn't. Other than the playoff game last year, they don't tend to play well at Baltimore. So I think the Baltimore defense might be pretty good. Uh, what's your stupid stock tip of the week? Um, you know, I'm I'm sticking with DraftKings. I'm staying I'm I'm staying along on that, but it's called T DAC. T D A C. T D A C. Okay. Um, what it what what do they do? Fuel, fuel, fuel energy kind of kind of thing. It's a blank check blank check company and uh, fuel and energy. There's some of these blank check companies that are coming out. It's kind of hard to decide which ones. Um, right. What what is DraftKings doing this morning? They're up a little bit. I y'all don't freak out, but I'm telling you, there's going to be a sell off. We are about to hit. I don't know if it'll happen today, but the all year long, what I've seen over and over and over again, even when we have good news on vaccines, when you hit a long weekend, there's a sell off. So by Wednesday, there's going to be a sell off. Just don't freak out when it happens. People like to pull their money out because they're worried about sitting sitting there. I don't know why the hell they think that it's a big deal, but they're, they're worried about a long weekend because I don't think the stock market is open on Friday, next Friday. I, I, I believe they take a four-day weekend. And right. uh, there's there's going to be a sell Every single one of them, we hit this 4th of July, Labor Day, Memorial Day, um, Flag Day. You name it. They freak the hell out and they sell off. So um, I'm uh, curious about another one, and then I'll g- give you my stupid stock tip. Let me see here. They're up a little bit. Fubo's up a little bit. Um, I think I think ones like Fubo and DraftKings are going to get sold off a little bit, and, and you're going to see them come back to the pack, probably lose 4 or $5 a share, and then when we get out of Thanksgiving weekend, you'll see them come out. So I'm seriously thinking about pulling some money out of that and just uh, waiting to hit it back in December. Um, the name of the or the the call letter is PIC, Pivotal Investment Company, and this is another one of these blank check companies, but they just had a big merger that's supposed to be finalized in the, in the coming week. It's up already again today. It's up uh, almost two percent. Um, I bought in on it at around ten dollars a share a few days ago. I didn't, I'm not. I didn't go crazy with it. I only bought a few shares, but it's already gone up two percent, a little over two percent since what I bought it at. Uh, just like Fubo, I think it has a chance to double its money by the end of the year, and uh, that's that's my stupid stock tip. Is um, PIC is the is the name of it. Um, my wife came across it. And I, I did some research on it. I was like, this actually isn't terrible. By the way, Disney's up again. And Walmart, when I first started talking about Walmart, you know, you know, Walmart's gained $15 a stock since like a little less than two months ago. Walmart's right. wait till December. Walmart's are keep shooting up through the roof. It really is. Well, Walmart is so undervalued. It is absurd. 
And, oh, a crypto one that I've jumped on. ETH. You don't have to buy the whole thing. You're, you're going to see the number and you're going, I'm not spending $508 on a Bitcoin or whatever, you know, right? It's you, you can buy it in percentage points. Bitcoin is up today. <laughs> right. But ETH pre pandemic was just over $200. You know where it sits today? 508. You know where it was yesterday? 478. Yeah. It's jumped 30 bucks this morning. Yeah. I don't know anything about it, but a lot of people believe that it could be worth twice that much by, by the end of the year. But anyways, these, that is the strongest competitor to Bitcoin and don't get confused. There's two different ETHs. One's around <laughs> 500 bucks and one's around five bucks. The one that's around five bucks, they split off from each other because evidently the one that's around five bucks has been hacked a few times. Well, there's also an ETH, uh, which is Ethan Allen Interior. So be careful where you're at. I'm talking about crypto. <laughs> um, in the ETH, go with the one that's the expensive one because I did some research. While I was like, man, this other one's like five bucks. Maybe I should just buy a bunch of these. Maybe it'll grow into what it is now now. The the one that is uh, the around five dollars a share, whatever the hell it is, they have been hacked twice in the last few years, and they do not adjust their their uh, their coin. The original ETH will uh, believes that they should do it, um, but the other one does not because the, it's it's a whole philosophy on. It's a long story, but it's a whole philosophy on, on what Bitcoin is supposed to mean, and so it affects their overall stock they think in the long run it's going to pay off but when one's worth five and the other's worth 500 horse crap that tells me that there's only ones being being actually uh valued at this point the other one that i keep talking about that's uh su super cheap it's not even worth a penny a stock doge <laughs> uh d-o-g-e crypto um i find it interesting i I have, I have a handful of these it's probably not even worth two bucks of what i've got on it but i'm curious long term on it they say that you can use this to pay other people if you play online video games they use the dogecoin or dodgecoin i don't know how it's pronounced right and right. they can, and you can buy diff different things for each other i don't know let's say you play an online video game and you're going to buy someone a shield or a sword or something you can use dogecoin and i'm just i'm curious to see where that thing could head right but anyways, ETH is up five points today, or sorry, five percent today. Uh, Doge is up two percent today. Uh, all in all, the Dow is down fifty-one points, but a lot of the others are up. So, but don't freak out if in the next few days there's a huge market sell-off. There tends to be market sell-offs on Fridays. You almost always get it. Right. But when they sell off, you know what they normally don't sell off. Is crypto. I don't know why. I don't even understand crypto. I just know I want to have some. <laughs> <laughs> What's your walk off, sir? Uh, looking forward to the football show tomorrow. Not a lot of uh, good SEC games I'm interested in, but uh, looking forward to Ohio State, Indiana. I want to see that 20 point spread, how, how that works out. And there's no fans in the stands. So. 
Um, yeah, I'm looking for that's the and it's eleven o'clock game, so it kicks off at eleven. Uh, it's just, I'm in, I'm interested to see how bad. I think I lost your audio again. I I don't know why your phone keeps doing that, but um, uh, I'll try to hit. Uh, anyways, uh, I think that I've lost your audio, so I'll I'll uh, see you tomorrow. Uh, great job, and uh, I think you're frozen in time now too. So um, we'll we'll see you tomorrow, Matt. We're gonna take a quick break. When we come back, we're gonna wrap the show off with weekend watch and Nashville and Orlando are in the playoffs. Playoffs? Yeah, they're in the playoffs, and it starts tonight. We'll be back in a flash here on the Armchair Quarterbacks. Keep it locked in here to CBS Sports Radio, home of the Armchair Quarterbacks Radio Show. Your life is so dumb. Let's face it, where you're betting is just as important as who you're betting on. That's why I go to mybookie.ag. It's fast, it's easy, and they pay you when you win. Look, I wouldn't be telling you to bet mybookie.ag if they weren't the best. Do the smart thing. If you're going to bet this football season, bet with mybookie.ag. Promo code SKIN, that's S-K-I-N. When you use that promo code, mybookie will match 100% of your deposit up to $1,000. That's mybookie.ag, promo code SKIN. Hey y'all, I'm Mac McGee, and you don't want to miss as we cover the entire NFL on Armchair Quarterback Radio. 12-0 Chicago Bears. If they could go all the way, they would be 19-0. The last undefeated team in pro football history, these Miami Dolphins. 72-14-0. Regular season, after the Super Bowl, they were 17-0. For third down and six. Cooper, Moore, and Clayton. Down the way. Into the arms of Clayton. Oh, and are things going right for the Dolphins tonight? 42-yard touchdown, batted into the air at the line of scrimmage. This is vintage Monday Night Football. Final seconds ticking off. Bears will not go undefeated. What a victory for the Dolphins. And Dan Marino reigns supreme once again. You're riding morning shotgun with the Armchair Quarterbacks. We're here weekdays, streaming on the Armchair Quarterbacks app. Download it today. Your first choice for sports talk here on the First Coast. There must be some kind of way out of here. Six rounds. TJ Hoshmazone. Yes. Lock it up. Who? What? Uh, TJ, how's vanilla? Uh, all right. TJ... TJ, who's your mama? You mean TJ Hushmanzada from the Bengals. Put him on the board. Hausha Mazzoli. Got it. Championship. Make sure to join the armchair quarterbacks right here. We'll answer all your questions, pickups, trades, you name it. You want to win your league? Then listen to the armchair quarterbacks. And don't be scared to tap that app. Find the armchair quarterbacks app today. It's fantasy football time. It's fantasy football time. This is Britney Spears. This is what up, what up, this Jay-Z. This is Jennifer Lopez. Armchair. No birds of a different feather. Our love keeps us together. And she knows what's wrong with me tonight. Welcome back. Friday night. Here in Armchair Land. We get ready for another great... uh, 
weekend of sports, and we'll get into the weekend watch here in one second. But what I wanted to hit on before we do that is, first of all, there is a report that just came out that evidently Penn State head football coach James Franklin told a player not to talk to police following a fight with the star linebacker a couple of seasons ago in 2018 that involved punching, choking, and a knife being pulled, according to allegations by ESPN. Now, this is ESPN that's reporting this. We'll see if there's any truth in this matter. But the accusation by now former Nittany Lion defensive back Isaiah Humphreys is contained in a draft report that was a part of a 2019 Title IX inquiry into sexual allegations in the Penn State locker room. The document sheds new light on the allegations that became public when Humphrey sued the school earlier this year. The report, which does not include conclusions by investigators, contains interviews with dozens of football players, coaches, and staff, Humphreys told investigators that after his fight with Micah Parsons in 2018, March of 2018, he met with Franklin and the investigator wrote, Mr. Humphreys added the coach Franklin came in and said, don't talk to police because Micah is his star player and makes money. So if he gets in trouble, he's gone meaning Humphreys would be gone. In a statement to ESPN, university spokesman said Franklin has made it clear that he did not instruct Humphreys. Of course, he's going to say that, and we don't know what the real truth is, but we'll see if anything else comes of that. But I just wanted to shed that to light, uh, whether or not this is more ESPN pulling up garbage, that they're stepping overstepping their bounds, which they've been known to in the past. They're the new SI, right? Where they just jump on something and try to shame people before they have all the facts. You know, it's a little irresponsible to write this story before backing up everything in the way that they portray it online as it being fact. And then you open it up and you find out these are just allegations and rumors, but and I'm not defending Penn state or James Franklin. But you have to be fair. And to be fair in the situation, we don't know everything. And the your average fan's going to read that blurb. They're going to read like the first paragraph. They're going to move on, and they're going to think that uh, James Franklin's guilty. We'll see what happens. But anyways, we move on from that. The MLS is hitting the playoffs. It starts tonight. I don't know why they did such a long hibernation. It must have had something to do with uh, friendlies or something to do with the World Cup or whatnot. But the U.S. or, sorry, MLS, the, the United States Major League Soccer League, starts the playoffs tonight. And we got some interesting games, especially note of interest in our area, as we pretty much, you know, we own the Southeast here in the armchair quarterback nation. Uh, Nashville's playing Miami. So you got two Southern teams. That'll be ESPN tonight at nine o'clock. I'm going to watch that. I'm definitely setting alert not to remember, not to forget that game. 
New England also plays Montreal at 6.30. I'll probably have that on, but I, I'm planning on watching the Nashville-Miami game. That's that's big stuff. That really is. Um, unless they've changed their format, these are eliminations. Okay? And what they'll do... I'll have to go to deeper dive and double check this, but what they've done in the past is the first runs eliminations. And then, and then they get, um, to the second round and then it, it goes into aggregate goals, but I'm going to, I'm going to pull that, but a second, just to double check this Orlando plays New York city, by the way, on Saturday, tomorrow morning, 12 PM Eastern. So that's another game. I'm going to be, I'm going to be, interested in nyc versus orlando football club that's that's what i'll be locked in on i don't have much interest in the games that are on sunday which is fine because i'll be watching the nfl anyways but skc san jose they play at four at 7 30 you've got minnesota and colorado and at 10 o'clock it's portland and dallas tuesday you have toronto and Philadelphia playing, but it, a lot of that will come down to who wins this weekend. And then Seattle and LAFC will play on Tuesday. So these must be single eliminations, and then we'll get into the they'll, – they'll, they'll start the, the next round on Tuesday, and then that's where I'm unclear – We'll find out more early next week to find out, is this where the aggregate goals? I remember what happened was they did aggregate goals. They did it all the way up to the championship. And then a couple of years ago, they started making them single elimination for the championship so they could build the championship as like a Super Bowl. And it, this is when uh, my great friend uh, Big E was still with us and we talked about this in great length that he didn't like you know he he was a big fan of the of the aggregate goals. I told him how stupid it was and we gave each other a hard time and joked around about that. But I think it's a step in the right direction to do more of these just man make them one and done in soccer in major league soccer. The aggregate goal thing is just it's not American. You can do it in other leagues, I get it. But get to get, and you're trying to get the most eyeballs on something. Doing multiple games does not do that. Making them one and dones, making a sense of urgency. That's how you get eyeballs on there. If I knew that tomorrow's game with Orlando was aggregate goals, I probably wouldn't watch. You got college football kicking at noon. I probably wouldn't put it on a secondary device noon. I'm going to have Florida state Clemson on. I'm going to have Indiana, but I'm telling you right now, there's going to be a device in here with, with the MLS playoffs on, but it's only because it's some single elimination. If I find out that it's not single elimination, all bets are off, but I'm pretty sure just the way it's laid out, it's single elimination. They don't have it there. They did a terrible job on, on ESPN's uh, website on, how it's laid out and you'd think they'd do a better job since they're the ones broadcasting it. But I just feel like that they put half-ass, they put their upper echelon people with common sense into their main departments of the NBA of, you know, baseball, football, 
And when you get to soccer and sports like that, they put the freaking, they put the interns. That's what they do. They say, go over there and screw around the MLS. No one gives a crap. And then they wonder why they can't build stuff. Because you, you go to these and you get confused. And then you say, ah, to hell with that. I'll look at it later. And most people will forget about it. Because that's what we do. Nobody realistically is going to go out of their way to figure out your sport if you are not making the effort yourself. So let me see if I can find our weekend watch. Here we go. The weekend watch. This is the weekend watch. Going into Friday night, you got the MLS. We just talked about those games. So you got the doubleheader there with Nashville being the second part of that doubleheader. 6.30 and 9 o'clock. You should be... Uh, I, I, I would tend to be pretty excited about that. Especially if you live in the Nashville area. If you're not getting excited about Nashville being in the playoffs, then don't come front next season. Say, oh, I'm ready to watch it now. Come on, dude. Nashville's in the playoffs. Get excited. Uh, Syracuse, Louisville, that's probably going to be a snore fest. But the Purdue-Minnesota game, I like that one. That's my favorite watch tonight. It will be Purdue-Minnesota, and then, and then the Nashville MLS will be my second one. Uh, tomorrow, we're going to have... At noon, Clemson versus Florida State. And I like the opportunity there to see what Jordan Travis can do. I don't think that he's going to be that great of a... He's not going to go out there and throw for 400 yards and beat Clemson, okay? Let's not go nuts about it. But I think he gives them a better chance to compete. The, the the prop bet that I like the most on this one is Florida State scoring more than 14 points. I think they've got a chance to do that. Whether it's back end, whatever. Jordan Travis can move the ball and he can get Florida State into to the point range. We'll, we'll do predictions tomorrow, but I think we've got a decent chance at that. Um... Florida Vanny's at noon. That should be a blowout. But Indiana, Ohio State's at noon. That should be a lot of fun. Shouldn't be a noon game, but that's a different argument. LSU, Arkansas. That should be entertaining. So you've got four games of interest. Obviously, the one with the most impact is Indiana, Ohio State. At 3.30, we get Wisconsin, Northwestern. Both undefeated. Granted, Wisconsin's only played two games, but that should be a lot of fun. Cincinnati is at Central Florida. The, for the 330 matchup, Tony and I just talked about this. The, I think that probably is the middle game of the day. Central Florida's got a very good chance to upset Cincinnati. At 4 o'clock, if you're an ACC fan or you're just a fan of good, hard-hitting college football, Virginia Tech-Pittsburgh should be a masher. 
I'm going to be locked into that along with the Cincinnati Central Florida. I'll keep an eye on Wisconsin, but I just I, I would be shocked if Wisconsin doesn't outclass Northwestern on the football field. Uh, at 7 o'clock, you got the Vols versus Auburn on the Plains, a night game. Vols getting 11. That's interesting. I don't give them much of a chance of pulling off the upset, but I also think 11 points is too much. Oklahoma State is at OU at 7.30, along with Liberty, who once again, they're underdogs to NC State. And then the 10.30 game, Southern Cal at Utah. That should be an interesting ball game. Utah usually has a pretty good football team. Southern Cal has been dancing through the raindrops the last couple or the first couple of games of the season. We'll see if they can keep that magic rolling and keep their playoff hopes alive. Sunday, there's three one o'clock games that I think are interesting. Titans, Ravens are obviously the big one. The Falcons are playing the Saints. And the Eagles are at the Browns. Obviously, Titans. Ravens is huge because the Titans and Ravens, that game, the winner of that game could be hosting each other in the first round of the playoffs. Falcons and Saints. The Falcons could make a lot of people uncomfortable if they pull off that win. They would get to four and six, a team that could have won a lot more games. And that is an Atlanta team that could get hot and rattle off a lot of W's. If the Saints win, and then it starts putting the death nail into the Falcons. So a big game with that. And of course, Eagles-Browns, remember, this is a Browns team that only has three losses. This is an Eagles team who only has three wins, and yet they're both right in the thick of the playoff. Uh, Green Bay and the Colts, that's the four o'clock game that you want to watch. Vikings and Dallas and Miami versus Denver could be interesting. Uh, from fantasy perspective, and also I would like to see what Miami does on the road in Denver. That's usually a tough place to win. Chiefs Raiders, that's your Sunday night game, and that's your weekend watch. Let's go ahead and get into the end of the show here as we go to turn back time and birthdays on what is this? I can't believe it's already November 20th. I would say that it's, it's sad how fast time flies in your life, but I'm really so ready for this year to be over with and for vaccines to be here. And uh, 2021 better be an absolutely just phenomenal year to make up for this garbage we've been through. Turn back time. On this date, 2004, number two, Auburn, beats Alabama, 21-13. Why is this game significant? Well, remember, Alabama, excuse me, Auburn would be left out of any kind of conversation for the national championship, but they were undefeated. And a lot of SEC fans felt like it was disingenuous to not let them be a part of the national championship conversation. 
Southern Cal would go on to win that. The big argument was that SEC is better than the Pac-12, da-da-da-da-da. One thing that was always overlooked was the year before Southern Cal and Auburn played at the beginning of the season. And remember, Southern Cal beat the brakes off them. But no one wanted to hear that argument just a year later. But truth is truth. And when look, when you get busted doing what Auburn did, and you put on probation, just like Florida in 84, Tony made a comment about it today, you should not be rewarded for any kind of national championship conversation or conference championship conversation. You were bad. Go to the corner. Pay your price. Come back out fighting for another day. That's it, man. I... I don't know why that has to be such a difficult thing for sports fans to understand. Also in this state, in 2006, Moise Salou signs a one-year contract with the New York Mets worth $7.5 million. The reason why I bring this up is because every time I think of Moise Salou, I think about the fact that he talked about how he would urinate on his hands to toughen them up for the grip on the baseball bat. How many people do you think would be shaking Moises to lose hand in the COVID 2020? <laughs> he, he swore it sterilized, but I'm not, I'm not taking that risk. Get your pee hands away from me. It's your birthday today. What does that mean? I guess I'll birthday. Day. 45 years old today. Mr. J.D. Drew. Baseball player, Florida State University, Atlanta Braves. Also played for the St. Louis Cardinals. Also played for the uh, Boston Red Sox. And he played for the Dodgers. I, I think that one was forgotten about the most. He, he began the beginning of his career with, with the Cardinals. Signed a one-year deal over into, or excuse me, got traded over to uh, Atlanta. I believe he was a part. I could be wrong, but I believe he was a part of the uh, the. Yes, he was. He was a part of the Adam Wainwright right trade. That's what I thought. Um, and then he went into to the Dodgers for a couple of years, and then was went to the Boston Red Sox, where he helped them win the championship against the Colorado Rockies in '07. He was an all-star. And I'm almost surprised he was only an all-star one time, 2008. Um, he was originally drafted by the Phillies. And remember, that was a big holdout situation. And then he came back and ended up playing for the Cardinals. That was a big deal back then. Man, Philly fans hated him. They took him with the second overall pick. They absolutely hated him. 45 years old today, J.D. Drew. Feels like he's been out of the game longer than that. He'd be a little older than that. Carlos Boozer is 39. He seems like he's been out of the game so long that I would think he'd be older than that. But Carlos Boozer's 39. Of course, he won the national championship with Duke, and Boozer was part of those Miami Heat teams and several other uh, teams. Um, have a great Friday as we get ready for a big weekend. We will be back tomorrow, 8 a.m. Eastern to 9 a.m. Eastern on Facebook Live in the app. We will be on some of the uh, CBS Sports affiliates. Uh, just check your local listings on that. But, uh, 
You can tap that app and hear us wherever you want or jump on Facebook Live. For all the guys and gals behind uh, Armchair Quarterbacks Radio, have a great Friday, y'all. It should be a fun weekend of sports. It's Friday, Working Stiffs. Everybody. Four, three, two, one. Happy weekend. <laughs> I've got a hundred dollars smoking in my billfold. I know I ought to save it, but it's burning a hole. It's Friday, Friday. I'm free again. I got my motor Goodbye, sweetheart. Well, it's time to go. We're back tomorrow with another show. Well, unless we're fired, we'll talk to you then. Goodbye, sweetheart. Goodbye. Goodbye. Guys and gals, it's time to go. We'll see you on the next show. Same back time, same back channel. Thanks for listening to Armchair Quarterback Radio, your first choice for sports talk here on the First Coast. (laughs) Armchair Quarterback Radio comes your way every day. Find Armchair Quarterbacks Radio on Facebook today. And don't forget to tap that app. The Armchair Quarterbacks app is free to download, and you can take us anywhere you go. You can hear the whole show every day on Armchair Quarterbacks app. Can I get another cigarette, please? Can I get another cigarette, please? Yeah, I know I live to regret it. Just give me another cigarette, please. I kind of like that. I want to tap that. You can bet I'm going to get if you haven't downloaded it yet, the Armchair Quarterbacks app is the best app you can tap today. Google Android, Apple iPhone. That's right, download it, tap that app today. You can take the Armchair Quarterbacks app anywhere. Free to download, free to use, and important to have. Download it today. Tap that Armchair Quarterbacks app. The best in Southeast sports talk. Listen live or catch the replay. I kind of like that. I want to tap that.